In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. Uh, This morning we are celebrating the Feast of St. Raphael of Brooklyn, really one of my favorite saints of the Church, uh, perhaps because he's a 20th century person, and uh, of course we're living in the 21st century now, but uh, still feel that connection to that 20th century saint, and a person who founded churches that, when you go across the country, that you know about. And of course, we likely say this every year, but uh, the, the original founding members of our church were uh, chrismated and ordained, the clergy were ordained in Vicksburg, Mississippi, in a church that was founded by St. Raphael of Brooklyn. And after spending uh, two summers at the Antiochian village, I spent a lot of time by his grave. And so there's, there's just lots of wonderful connections to St. Raphael. And as beautiful and wonderful as he is, I'm actually not going to talk about the entirety of his life today. I wanted to actually focus on another person who is connected to St. Raphael and who, like St. Raphael, devoted his life uh, to ministry and uh, who followed after his mentor, I would say. And in fact, he was the first priest that was ever ordained by St. Raphael after St. Raphael was consecrated as a bishop uh, in 1904 or something like that. And the person I want to talk about this morning uh, is Father Nicola Yanni. Father Nicola Yanni. Now, Father Nicola and St. Raphael's paths crossed a couple of times. The first time that their paths crossed was in 1899 when St. Raphael made his way to Kearney, Nebraska. And there's a great um, excerpt from the uh, journal of St. Raphael as he's going to Kearney, Nebraska. You know, he's crisscrossing the the United States. And at that point, he's simply Father Raphael. And his train was supposed to get into Kearney, Nebraska at about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. It doesn't arrive until 9 p.m. But he's greeted by a whole bunch of people who are just thrilled and excited to see him. And so he's right, he writes in his journal, I guess as he's pulling up, he says he didn't, he's not arriving until 9, and he has a head cold. So he's not feeling very well. But he's greeted by all of these people uh, who are just excited to see him because it's the first time that a priest has visited Kearney, Nebraska in seven years. They've been waiting and waiting and waiting for someone to come and serve them. And so he begins to talk to them. And they start to tell him, oh, you know, there's another guy. He's a farmer. He's part of our community. He and his wife and their four kids, they live about 45 minutes away. Why don't we go and see them? Now, if I were Father Raphael, I would have said, yeah, we'll do that tomorrow. (laughs) I just got in. I'm going to go unpack and we'll take care of that tomorrow. But he went that night. And so they pull in to the Yanni residence at about one o'clock in the morning, and they are so excited to see Father Raphael. Now, I don't know how many of you would be excited to see me at one o'clock in the morning if I were pulling up at your house, maybe if I hadn't seen you in seven years. But they were very excited, and Father Raphael writes in his journal that they stayed up until 4 a.m. talking and visiting with each other and praying and and discussing his, his visit and apparently about 25 people came from Kearney out to the Yanni residence with uh, Father Raphael. And the Yannis lived in a two-bedroom Saudi house. And so that means it was built into the side of a, a little hill type of a place. 
And there are 25 people, and Father Raphael writes in his journal, but they gave me the couch. <laughs> so I'm envisioning like a teen slumber party with everybody just kind of, you know, sprawled out all over the floor, and, and the priest has the couch in the, the living room, I guess. Well, um, because this is the first time a priest had been there in seven years, the Yannis had, it was Nicola and his wife Martha and their four children, and none of the children had been baptized. And so Father Raphael was able to baptize their children, was able to confess and commune the people that are there, and really pull that community in Kearney, Nebraska together. Uh, in a very powerful way. And Nicola became one of the lay leaders of the church just because of his faithfulness. But he was a farmer by trade. He had come over from Syria, and in fact, he began his, his uh, life in the United States uh, as a peddler, going around and selling different items in different cities. But he finally saved up enough to buy a farm, and he was content to be a farmer. Unfortunately, uh, after, shortly after Father Raphael left, um, a tragedy hit the Yanni family, and Martha, who was actually pregnant when uh, Father Raphael was visiting, unfortunately, Martha, during childbirth, she died. And unfortunately, eight days after she gave birth to a little girl, the little girl died as well. And so at 29 years old, Nicole Yanni was left with his four children, three boys and a little girl, to take care of by himself. Thankfully, his uh, 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 brother came as well uh, and stayed with him and helped them. Well, a few years later, St. Raphael was set to be consecrated as a bishop. And the people in Kearney, Nebraska heard that, and they wrote to him and they said, Send us a priest. Now, St. Raphael didn't have a seminary to be able to grab a priest and say, Go down to Kearney, Nebraska and serve. And so Father Raphael put the ball back in their court and said, you send me someone who is worthy, and I'll ordain him as a priest. And so after much prayer and much thought, they landed on the faithful farmer, Nicola Yanni, to be their priest. And he first said no, he didn't want anything to do with that. But they eventually convinced him. And he actually traveled from Kearney, Nebraska to Brooklyn, New York to be at the service of consecration for the, the consecration of St. Raphael to the Episcopacy. And St. Raphael was the first uh, bishop, Orthodox bishop consecrated on American soil. And one of the bishops helping to consecrate him was actually St. Tikhon as well. So it's this saintly connection that, that's there. So Nicola went to, to the service. That was the third Sunday of Great Lent. And... Um, from the third Sunday of Great Lent to Palm Sunday, Nicola was ordained as a reader, as a subdeacon, a deacon, and finally on Palm Sunday, he was ordained to the Holy Priesthood. And he spent the next month or so studying under, under St. Raphael, Bishop Raphael at that time, and he taught him how to do the services and all of that. And he sends him back to Kearney, Nebraska, and he says, take care of your flock. But your flock is not just going to be Kearney, Nebraska. And he says, just like me, you are going to travel all over as well. And so um, St. Raphael, being the mentor uh, that he was and the great example that he was of just tireless service, uh, asks Father Nicola, the newly minted priest, to begin to serve that, middle Amer that area of Middle America. And so Father Nicola goes back to Kearney, and he also goes 
to Michigan and Minnesota, North Dakota, South Dakota, Iowa, Nebraska, Kansas, Kentucky, Illinois, and reading through his life, I'd like to think that at some point he may be passed through Memphis. You know, the trains zigzag and intersect in all sorts of places, and maybe Father Nicola on his missions uh, went to, um, came through Memphis at some point as well, but he went all over the place. And unfortunately, during one of his trips while he was away, uh, his 11-year-old daughter became ill, and she actually reposed, and of course, being the only priest uh, in the area for many, many, many miles, he had to serve the, the funeral for his, his newly reposed daughter as well. So he knew, he knew hardship, he knew tragedy, he knew struggle, but he gave himself to Christ following after the good shepherd, St. Raphael, who was his mentor, who was the person who was praying for him and leading him in, uh, in his ministry. Now, St. Raphael reposed in the year 1915, and although he was so young, Father Nicola did not last too much longer after St. Raphael. He actually reposed in 1918, and that's another one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about Father Nicola today, not only to give you somebody else as a holy example connected to St. Raphael and a little bit of a, of a, a better look at a particular point in St. Raphael's life, but it, here we are in 2020, Going through the coronavirus pandemic in 1918 was the Spanish flu pandemic. And Father Nicola, 44 years old, was one of those who reposed during the Spanish flu pandemic in 1918. So, and that was on October 28, 1918, 102 years ago last week. And as Father Nicola in 1918 was actually going around, he still went on his missionary journeys during that time. But... Uh, it was interesting when I was reading up on, on his uh, journeys that when he got to places like Wichita and they hadn't seen a priest for five years because he hadn't been able to get there, he wasn't able to serve the liturgy because the city was in quarantine. Does that sound familiar? And so he went around and he visited with the people as much as he possibly could, praying with them and communing them individually. And the same thing in Kearney, Nebraska, in where his own family was. They were under a quarantine, and so he couldn't serve the divine liturgy, but he tried to minister to the people as best as he possibly could. And when he died on October 28th, the city was under a quarantine, but thanks be to God, three days after his death, they lifted the quarantine, and so he was actually, they were actually able to all come together in the church to bury him on November the 4th, 1918, which was, again, 102 years ago, just a couple of days ago. And so he's a great example for us. In his last words to his uh, children, while he was laying there dying, he told them, keep your hands and your heart clean. Those are his last words. Keep your hands and your heart clean. What a beautiful thing to live by. Now, when he said, keep your hands clean, he wasn't necessarily saying, wash your hands so you don't get the Spanish flu. <laughs> and he wasn't talking about not doing manual labor because he knows, he knew about that. He was a farmer by trade after all. But he was talking about, don't be caught red-handed, right? Don't be caught doing something that you know that you shouldn't be doing. Don't do actions that are opposed to the commandments of our Lord. Keep your hands clean. Keep your heart 
clean, he told his sons. Keep your heart clean. Don't have resentment. Don't have bitterness. Don't have anger in your heart. It's not worth it. Life is too short, says the 44-year-old man who had seen a whole lot. Keep your hands and your heart clean. Well, today, brothers and sisters, Father Raphael, St. Raphael, Father Nicola, they're serving the eternal liturgy together. I have no doubt in my mind about that. And as we look to their example of tireless work and labor to, uh, for Christ, for the kingdom of heaven, let us also ask for the prayers of Father Nicola. He's not yet a saint, but I have a feeling that there, there's, a, there's a groundswell of, of people wanting him to be a saint. And there's even a new book out, which is down in the library, Apostle to the Plains, The Life of Father Nicola Yanni. And so maybe one day he'll be on our walls as well. But I would encourage you, especially as we ourselves are going through the 2020 pandemic, to remember someone who was holy and who did it 102 years ago in 1918 and ask for his prayers. That as we endure the quarantines, as we endure the pandemic and the frustrations involved around that, we have a a potential saint in the church who endured all of that as well. And still ministered to the people of God in the way that he could and the way that he was able to, leading even to his own death. So ask for Father Nicola's prayers, and may we follow the example of Father Nicola and St. Raphael and devote our lives to Christ. Devote our lives to Christ, because that's what really matters in, in this world. So much of it is just noise, as we've continuously talked about. But may these saints of God intercede for us as we give our lives to Christ. Glory to the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.